Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Monday, the 7th day of December, 2015. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Bill's Story, and we are on page 1011. And we will be starting our reading with the last paragraph on page 10 with ministers and ending the first reading with, and he certainly had me, the end of the second paragraph on page 11. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Nancy T., the 12 Traditions, Janice B. And our text readers are Joyce C., Du L., and Rachel W., And the reference number for yesterday, Sunday, the 6th of December, is 8248, 8248. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Nancy T. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Monica T. This is Nancy T. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and, when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Nancy T. And I will now ask Janice B. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B. in Vermont, recovered compulsive overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon only unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or communities directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Yes. Thank you, Janice B. How our, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us, and somebody is not muted. To share, press star 1 to unmute, and once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book in on page 10 of Bill's story, 
and we will begin reading with the last paragraph on page 10 with Ministers and the World's Religion. Our reader will read three paragraphs. The first two will be for contents and comments only on the third paragraph, please. And we will be ending with, and he certainly had me, that second paragraph on page 11. And I will ask Joyce C. to begin reading for us. Hi, good morning. This is Joyce C. in Colorado. I'm a compulsive overeater. With ministers and the world's religions, I parted right there. When they talked of a God personal to me, who is love, superhuman strength, and direction, I became irritated and my mind snapped shut against such a theory. To Christ, I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claim him. His moral teaching most excellent. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I discarded, I disregarded. The wars which had been fought, the burnings and chicanery that religious dispute had facilitated made me sick. I honestly doubted whether on balance the religions of mankind had done any good. Judging from what I had seen in Europe and since, the power of God in human affairs was negligible. The brotherhood of man, a grim jest. If there was a devil, he seemed the boss universal, and he certainly had me. Well, hi, I'm Joyce, um, recovered compulsive overeater, and first time sharing on vision, so here I go. Um, I, I'm, I'm relating to this last paragraph um, a lot based on first um, this crazy show I unfortunately have been watching um, on television way too much um, and it's just about what's going on in the world today with wars um, and you know I can understand how Bill W felt here you know where is God in all this um, why isn't God stepping in and and stopping these religious wars um, but fortunately over time in recovery I've come to believe that um, for me God um, is is here and within me all the time, and God is weeping with us and with me um, about what's going on, but but won't be a tyrant and try to control um, and and gives us free will. And I know that um, God gave me a lot of free will, um, starting using and using drugs and alcohol and eating food compulsively since you know a young girl, a young age. Um, and I turned my back on God. Um, the God of my childhood, because I needed immediate release and escape. Um, I used a lot of other substances, but sugar and food, since I was very little. Um, I was raised in a strict religious home, and the word devil was used all the time. And um, it's a word that I don't like, uh, but I know that, um, I just know that I I put substances, I put food between me and God, between me and my higher power, and what I really need is is love. I need the love that comes from my higher power. And food and those substances, um, very, very brief, um, gave me that, filled that hole in the soul that I was looking for. But really, um, today, I turn to my higher power for that love. And I thank God for that. Thank God for this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Joyce C. And who would like to comment on this second paragraph on page 11? This is Bella. Can I share? Gotcha, Bella. 
Yes. Who else? Mary Kay. Mary Kay. Larry. Larry Kay. Anybody else? Okay, we'll start with that. Bella, you're up, and then it'll be Mary Kay and Larry Kay. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankfully covered compulsive overreader. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. If there was a devil, oh, boy, yes, I did believe that there was a devil in my life, and there was a devil. You know, before the program, I did believe in God, but my my thinking was black and white. I was in a judgmental level. If there is a God, so all the all the people in the whole entire world, including me, must be good. And I judge. I was in in a judgmental level that I judge the people and I judge myself. And yes. I saw that people are not doing all the time the best, including me. Yes, I did. I wasn't honest, and yes, I did mistakes. It was hard for me to say I'm sorry because I was blaming people. And yes, I couldn't believe if there is God and there is so many bad people and bad behaviors and bad things are happening most probably the devil is there and the devil is about at the boss. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am not there anymore. More. And today I, I believe in a loving power of God, in an accepting power of God. And today I am trying not to be in a, to be judgmental, not to myself and not to other people and to accept, yes, I am human and I am limited. And not because I am a bad person, not because I am not a smart person. I am you. I am human, and this is the way God wants me to be. And today, I I am not judging, not myself, and not others. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella and Mary Kay. You're up. Good morning. This is Mary Kay, a recovering compulsive overeater from upstate New York. Uh, today's a big day for me. Today is my six-month day in recovery. Thank you, God. Um, and thank you, God, for this program and for vision for you and the people that have walked before me. Um, when I read and listen in this paragraph, um, the devil, uh, as Bella said, uh, he certainly had me. Um, I've had a faith walk in my life since I was a little girl and a good relationship there, um, but I never would give the food to God. I thought that part was my own. And it was. I often described the food um, issues that I had that were so obvious um, that it was the devil on my back. And I dealt with a whole lot of resentment because I knew everybody had issues. Um, and the... Um, and and only mine was worn outside with all the extra weight that I carry. I, I've been over 300 pounds for more than half of my life. Um, and um, the and and thank you, God, I'm in recovery and releasing weight with the help of a sponsor and the help of the people on these lines. On the days going forward um, from here, 
it's, I know I can't do this without God and without the support of the fellows in the room. And I'm just so very, very thankful for each one of you and for this program and stand assured that God led me to you. And the miracles that I've experienced in my life many, many times in many ways, um, the... And now I'm getting some really personal miracles. And those internal hugs that I used to describe that I would get from my food when I when I medicated with food, I can get those internal hugs now from God and from the love of, of, of God that I know knows me intimately and allows me to choose um, freely to to take his power and, and use it for this thing that I cannot control because I finally found out through these rooms that I had an allergy and and an obsession, and I never knew that. And I'm in my 60s. I never knew that until this year, um, and God led me here. And I thank you so much for each one of you. Have a wonderful, abstinent day, and I pass. Thank you, Mary Kay. Larry Kay, you're up. Good morning, Monica. Thanks so much for your service. Larry Kay, Recovered uh, Compulsive Reader. So, okay, th- this you know, illustrates, you know, the, the problem with this type of analysis, you know, and, and Bill, he's, he's looking at a few things here and, um, you know, it's called the perceptual paradox, you know, and, you know, when, when we analyze this, this situation as kind of like a math problem, you know, where two plus two equals four, you know, then, you know, we leave out a, a critical, critical consideration. You know, and I think that's where, where Bill is here. What, what if there's something more to this equation than, than what our limited, you know, sensory knowledge provides us? You know, in other words, what, what, what if I'm intellectually closed off to even the possibility that there could be other information, but, you know, besides what I can perceive, you know, with my five primary senses? You know, I'm going to remain, you know, remain limited in the possibilities of a solution to my problem. And, you know, Bill, like Bill, I, I also looked at the world around me and I, and I, and I looked at my own, you know, my own uh, early years and, and these were painful, painful years, you know. And, you know, for me, these steps, you know, I began to recognize that, you know, that my pride of intellect and analysis would, would keep me stuck in old patterns of thinking and, and closed off to, to new ideas. And, um, you know, the past hurts and injustices, you know, have a way of, of keeping us stuck in our tracks, unable to move forward or, or experience the joy and peace that was available. I, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I also looked at, you know, again, religion and, and the notion of a higher power, God, that, you know, that turned me off. And uh, it also didn't appeal to my, you know, to the, to the scientific part of my mind. You know, and these steps served as kind of a, a radical reboot. You know, you think of rebooting your computer. It was a radical re- reboot to, to get past yesterday, to get past, you know, the way I saw the world. And because there was a long shadow cast by the, the pain of my past, and I, I, I would remain tethered to that past unless I could move beyond it and have new thoughts, new considerations, new ideas, new conceptions. And I think that's where Bill is, you know, in step two, that, you know, coming to believe, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. That was that, that coming to process 
was just that. It took time. It took time, and it um, and I didn't have to have it all figured out before I moved forward. You know, we don't. You know, you don't get points. You know, earn. You, know, you don't earn points to be worthy of this thing. If if one had to be worthy of this thing, I can assure you, I wouldn't be uh, talking to you right now. Uh, thank God for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And who else would like to comment? This is Kelly. This is Kelly. Kelly, got you, Kelly. Melissa C. Melissa. I heard somebody. Sarah, okay. Sarah W. Melissa, Kelly, okay. Leah S. S. And I heard someone else. Suji. Suji. And Miriam. Miriam. Suji. I got you. Got you, Suji. Thank you. Did you get Melissa C? I did. Okay, this is what I got. Kelly, you'll have to tell us your last initial. Melissa C, Sarah W, Leah S, Suji, and Miriam. Okay, Kelly, you're up, and then it'll be Melissa C. Okay, great. Uh, This is Kelly L, like Larry, um, a grateful uh, recovered compulsive reader in South Carolina. Thank you for your service. Uh, This this, uh, sentence here where it says, um, and he certainly had me. I believe this is this is probably the most honest that he's been, and I feel like he's um, you know spreading the declaration on how bad he really feels. He's feeling how doomed he is from all the binging on alcohol, and he was you know he's entangled and he's in bondage, and um, he's looking at the world through such a negative lens. You know, he needs the veil removed from his eyes. Um, you know, he's looking at all the bad and, and probably couldn't see all the good even if he wanted to because he, he's in such bondage here. Um, and sure, the world is going to look bad. And sure, he's going to feel like uh, he's being neglected and the world, you know, people in the world are being neglected. And, um, you know, he's got the blinders on. Um, and I certainly understand being in bondage like that. And being so negative and not being able to see the miracles going on around me because I was so numb with food. And um, I hope that as we read on here, we'll find that he's uh, getting some recovery. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Kelly L. Melissa C., you're up, and then it'll be Sarah W. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, And... uh, you know, I'm thinking like Bill is going, um, you know, in his mind, trying to figure out where is God in all of this. And um, and I had my own struggle with that, too. It seemed like I had a lot of evidence that God was not in control here, that it was some other darker force. Uh, and I could have written volumes about all the ways that God failed me or was failing the world. And, you know, and yet as I was continuing to have that in mind, mindset, I was continuing to just eat, you know, it seemed like um, it was kind of a way of, for me to stay in my disease, you know, I look at the world and how awful it is and uh, how bad my life was and what other, what other alternative was there but to keep on eating and the notion that God could somehow save me from this, uh, you know, I, I, I think part of me didn't want to believe it because I knew that there was going to be, for me, some responsibility, you know, about 
um, receiving the help, you know, if, um, and it's kind of like when, um, when uh, I'm praying over something or I'm thinking about something and I start talking to people in recovery um, and they give me, you know, I, I look for some suggestions that I start hearing, but I don't really want to hear it, you know, I want to keep, um, keep praying and, 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 and then, then I hear it again and then I hear it again and it's like this coincidence. It's, you know, for me, that that was God. It was, um, it, it's that quiet whisper. It's what I hear in my, in my fellows. Um, you know, and, um, yeah, the devil can remain, or my lowest weakness can remain completely in control um, if I don't allow myself to receive the help. And if I allow myself to receive the help, you know, then then the world takes on a different view. It just starts looking different. And that's what happened for me. You know, it had to be that bad that I felt like uh, there was no getting out of this on my own, that I was willing to plug in and rely on a power that I might not understand or make sense of. And, uh, so, I, you know, I think it's powerful. If you don't understand what, what this is, you don't have to to receive the, the help from it. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C. Sarah W., you're up, and then it'll be Leah S. Thank you so much, Monica, for your service this morning. Good morning, everybody. I'm Sarah W., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Um, I was thinking about the words freedom from bondage of self. And I learned uh, many years ago about a story. Um, it was a Native American story about um, about two wolves about there's a fight going on inside of this uh, grandfather is telling his grandson and there's a fight going on inside of each person and that fight is between two wolves a good wolf that um, has um, beauty and humility and perseverance and love and kindness and gentleness compassion and then the other wolf that has negativity and anger and resentment and fear and judgmental and intolerance and the uh he's trying to teach his grandson this story and the grandson thought about it for a while and and he said well you know this this he he's telling his grandson this fight goes on inside of all of us and um the grandson asked, well, which, which wolf will win? And the grandfather said, the one that you feed. And so I think for me, it really comes down to, you know, I think the devil is inside of us, you know, like the yin and the yang. And, you know, like the angel on one side and the devil on the other side. And I think that's really, for me, what this whole thing is about. And that's what recovery is about. It's right actions that produce right thinking. And sometimes it's right thinking that produce right actions. But oftentimes, if my actions are appropriate and healthy and loving, right thinking comes about right after that. You know, I I think to myself, why is it that at the end of the 10th step, it tells us to go out and do something good for somebody else? Because that's what really changes the whole thing. It's not just changing our behavior uh, and, and our thinking in the process of realizing that we have a wrong to look at, but it's also 
doing something kind, and that begets more kindness. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Leah S., you're up, and then it'll be Suji. Did you call on me? This is Leah S. Yes, I did, Leah. You're up. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. And good morning to everyone, and thank you very much. Um, What I get out of this paragraph, these couple of paragraphs, are just like Bill. I identify. I used to be very cynical, and um, in order for me to accept this program and in order for me to bring about the change that has happened in my life, I had to create my own personal God. And um, I was able to choose the kind of God that I wanted to. And working on that, I was able to produce positivity. And um, in working of the 12 steps and the tools, want more positivity and do more positivity in my life, in my little life, with my food, with my situations, and with my, with my life in general. And, and, and it just, it, it's so deep, it's so, um, it's so huge that um, when I see whatever everyone else sees, what is going on in the world, it doesn't produce the negativity that it used to produce because because by now I am not afraid because I have my own personal God and I just have to, I know what I have to do. I have to pray. And this is what is going to help me. So this is what I'm going to do. But um, it's, it's important to to understand that in my life, and going back to the focus of my food and my addiction and my uh, uh, everything that goes on, that I cannot, thank God, I am not God. I cannot do all this. And thank God that I have this God that I can pray to and that I know and trust that he will take care of what needs to be taken care of. And it's not my responsibility. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Leah S. Suji, you're up, and then it'll be Miriam. Hi, uh, thanks, Monica. This is Suji from Michigan, and um, <clears throat> you know, while this was being read, and many times I've read this before, you know, I do have a personal God, and I do believe in Him, um, but I also believe in there's a devil. But you can only serve one, and when I was serving, when food was my God. I definitely, the devil was definitely in my life, was active. I was serving God, I was serving uh, the devil, and I was letting him rule. And it wasn't until um, I put the food down and I put, and I put God first that, um, that the devil stopped ruling in my life. Um, I don't believe he's, he's there anymore. God is there. He's filling me. He's giving me all the things that um, that that I could not give for myself. Yes, there's the bad things that happen, but um, um, as someone else shared, you know, all I can do is pray about that. Uh, it doesn't 
doesn't rule me with fear anymore. But um, I'm so grateful that um, that my God is is bigger than the devil when I put the food down and I serve him. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sue G. And Miriam, I didn't get your last initial. You're up. Miriam, star one to unmute. I'm so sorry. I was talking and I wasn't uh, muted. <laughs> My name is Marian, M-A-R-I-A-N. I'm and sorry. Last... <laughs> I'm sorry. Marian H. And thank you so much, Monica, for your service. And thank you, everyone on the line. I'm a grateful recovering uh, food addict. And uh, I'm so nervous because I don't usually share. But I have a, a wonderful, friendly God that I didn't have before program, and I'm so, so grateful for that. And and I don't want to isolate because that's that's where my disease takes me. I'm in the rooms for many, many years, and I never gave up on myself, and I won't. But with, you, with everyone's help in the rooms, and it's, it's an absolutely most wonderful program, and the people who never find 12 steps, they don't know what they're missing. And... I know I have to pray to my friendly God, and I, and I try to do that, and I have a sponsor from the vision, and I just absolutely love this program, and thank you, everyone, for sharing and for being there, and I pass. Thank you so much, Marion H., and we're going to move on to the next paragraph. Indu L., could you read for us, please? Good morning. It says, But my friend sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead and suddenly taken from the scrap heap to the level of life better than the best he had ever known. Wow. Morning. This is L, Recover Compulsive Old Reader from New York. And I'm just going to set my timer here for a minute. Uh, just give me one sec. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, here we go. Okay. So what, what I see here is um, that, uh, you know, Bill's given relating his story and saying, hey, you know, like, let me tell you all the problems I have with God. Let me, let me tell you why God doesn't work in my life, right? And, and you know, I'm just going to keep relating all these experiences of why I have a prejudice towards God. And Evie, in turn, he sat next to him and, and he declares point blank, you know, let me tell you how God has worked for me instead you know, and, and what I had to go through in order to get this experience. And so he relates his experience, strength, and hope. He tells them what it used to be like, what happened, and what, why he is like he is now, right? Um, uh, and he goes on and he declares his human will had failed him. 
and I'm more than sure as he's relating to Bill, he's telling him about all the mishaps he had when he was um, an alcoholic drinker. When uh, he went into somebody's living room with the car and, you know, asked for coffee and how he went to uh, Vermont and he painted his house and the pigeons were on, uh, up on the roof of his house, you know, pooping all over the place. And what did he do? He took a shotgun and started shooting at the pigeons and destroying his house. And so he gets arrested and he's about to be locked up and um and the doctors are saying well you know what this guy he's been at it again he's been doing this over and over and over again and he seem he can't seem to get it together and so he needs to be locked up and he was facing jail time and yet you know they gave him a solution they said you know why don't we try and get this guy to the Oxford group and see if that works. See if, if, if getting God helps him and applying certain principles. And that's what he did. He applied these certain principles that help him to get a restorative uh, measurement of health, you know, and, and that, that solution was God. So he's saying, you know, God did for me what I couldn't do for myself because I try all other different methods. I try going to the doctor. I try, you know, to do it on my own self-will. I try self-knowledge. I try all these different things. And Bill's sitting there and he's saying, you know what, I can relate to him. I can identify to this guy. He has gone through the complete defeat that I have gone through. And then Abby goes and continues to talk about how he has been restored and he's been brought back to health and he's been brought through the same way of, of, of thinking and, and, and not drinking alcohol to solve his problems. And that was a great effective witness to him because it goes to show that one alcoholic can affect another alcoholic as no non-alcoholic could. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Du L. And who would like to comment on this paragraph? Renata. Renata. Tina S. Tina. Reva. I heard Reva, and I heard somebody from Connecticut. Linda D. Linda D. Gail T. I didn't hear that at all. I'm sorry. Gail T. From Texas. Gail T. Okay. All right. This is what. Who who was that Lynn last one? Lynn S. Lynn. Paula okay. D. Paula D. Okay. Here's what we got so far. We got Vasa O. Renata. Tina S. Reva. I think it's Reva P. Linda D. Gail T. Lynn. I didn't get your last initial. And Paula D. Vasa, you're up. And then Renata. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? Sure can. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful recovery. Pulsive calling from Florida, and I can relate so much with this paragraph. But my friend said before me, and he made the point blank declaration that God had done for him what he couldn't do for himself. And this is what exactly happened to me when my friend came to visit me, like Abby went to visit Bill. And uh, again, she walked through my kitchen door, knocked on the door, let her in. And uh, I was really so happy to see her, and I could see the glow in her face, and I could see the peace. And I remember saying, what has happened to you, you know? And uh, again, she 12-stepped me, and she told me what God had done for her uh, that she couldn't do for herself. And I was at the lowest point in my life 
at that time with the food addiction, and I had been looking and searching for the message or for the solution for many, many years of my life, 20 years. And um, again, and I liked what I saw, and I liked what she said, and I was very skeptical, but I was so desperate, and I was willing to hear the message. And, um, yeah, it was, um, it was like awakening. It gave me hope. It gave me, it gave me hope. I said, maybe if I do what she's doing, you know, God will do for me what I cannot do for myself, even though I was afraid of God at that moment. But I will get more into it a little later as we go with this um, story. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Renata, you're up, and then it'll be Tina. Uh, hi, good morning. Thank you, Monica, for your service. This is Renata G., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Good morning, family. I don't have my book in front of me, so I'm going to paraphrase. But, um, you know, this idea of being lifted from this crap heap of, you know, level of life and brought up to a life more wonderful as time passes, you know, and God doing for me what I could not do for myself. You know, this idea of being powerless, you know, being convinced that my life lived on self-will was not working. And I mean, all I knew was that I felt miserable and my life was unmanageable and I couldn't stop eating. But then, you know, when I worked the steps, uh, the steps showed me all the behaviors, the specific behaviors that were really like handicapping me and, you know, blocking me off from my higher power. And so, you know, I couldn't do for myself what God did for me, you know, which was a complete transformation. I could not bring that about myself. But by working these 12 steps, God has changed me. And, you know, the thing I'm most grateful for today, like, you know, over the weekend, I was, you know, doing my step 11, and I was really thanking God because there are things that I do in life today that before I wouldn't even attempt to try because, you know, I was so paralyzed with fear, and I spent so much time, like, I wasted so much time, like, with resentment and you know, just being angry at other people and jealous and comparing. And it was really hard to live life. And, you know, today I get to participate in life. You know, I get to to feel the fear and move forward anyway because I know I don't depend on myself. You know, my finite self was never enough, and that's why... I, you know, I needed the food. But today I have a, a substitute that is so much better. And But I needed the steps, you know, to show me what were the exact things that needed to be changed, that needed to be removed in order for me to, to have that kind of relationship with my higher power. And I'm so grateful with that. I pass things. Thank you, Renata G. Tina S., you're up, and then it'll be Reva P. Thanks, Monica, for your service. Tina S. from Florida. Oh, great paragraph. I can thoroughly relate. And, you know, um, 
when I, I you know I've been around the rooms for a while and uh, I'm also in another 12-step program. So when I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, I was like, well, you know, um, I kind of got this thing, and you know, but I had to be beaten down to a state of, and I don't even know if it's reasonableness because you know I came in initially in 1987 as a compulsive eater, and the last time I came in was in 1999 as an anorexic. And um, I got to a place in my disease where I could not think, you know, so knowledge availed me nothing, period, because I could not think. I I thought I was such an intellect. But, you know, one of the things that I know is that in my disease, and I can really relate to the phase that God did for me what I could not do for myself, because I can picture this to this day, that all I could do at my bottom, because I would, you know, and... Thank God sometimes for OCD because that's the way that I prayed. You know, I was, like I said, I was in another 12-step program. So every morning I would like roll out of bed. I wouldn't get out of bed. So I, I continued to do that in my anorexia where I could not think a thought. I could not put a sentence together. But the thing that God did for me was I was able to get on my knees. And, and I don't know if I prayed, but I was on my knees. And what happened through that is, you know, through uh, circumstances and events, you know, people put me into treatment and, and I, and I was forced, I guess, not even forced, but I, for whatever reason, since I had nothing else to do, I, you know, I followed the food plan and, and it got me to a place of where I was able to, you know, be open-minded and to maybe think about maybe this, you know, there's a God that can restore me to sanity and maybe I could go on with the rest of the steps and slowly but surely things have happened in my life and that has been the result. And I'm so very grateful that I know today that God does for me what I cannot do for myself, but I also know that he does not do for me what I can. So I'm just grateful for everybody on the line and grateful so much for my recovery and and, and God in my life. So thanks and I pass. Thank you, Tina S. Reva P., you're up, and then it'll be Linda D. Thank you. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I think of so many things as we read this paragraph, but I'll share on just a few. Um, just setting my timer. Uh, first of all, what this paragraph reminds me is that this disease is not logical because against all logic... And with all the intellect of knowing what I was doing to my body, knowing how harmful it was, the disease was so much more powerful than my logic, and I did it anyway. Um, And the opposite is true as well, that recovery and the whole God idea or higher power idea doesn't really make sense. It didn't make sense to me when I came in. I thought it was a bunch of crock. Um, But the evidence, the evidence um, is that it works. And my, but my friend sat before me and he declared, which means emphatically. Um, so the powers of example and the powers of my first sponsor and the first few people who were standing in front of me with over 100 pounds, uh, you know, released. And not just that, they were happy, contented people and not white knuckling their meals uh, every 24 hours. Um, And the last thing I wanted to say is about the disease of perception. You know, um, I can still get into that um, negative thinking, everything is crap, I'm screwed, there's no way out. Um, And that brings me to step one over and over and over again. You know, I can't, I can't do this. Um, And it's more than just the food. Um, And if I work the steps and I remove my blocks, I see things totally differently and I see the God touch and the blessings. Um, And, 
Just briefly, my mother um, ended up in emergency Friday night and just went back home yesterday. And um, I could say, this is awful, this is awful. And like my brother, you know, it's just going to get worse. When's the next crisis going to happen? But, but my friend sat before me, and he was a power of example that God had done for him, what he could not do for himself. And I was able to be grateful for an amazing doctor who um, really was very wise about the whole thing, um, the nurses, like really all the blessings in it. And I never, ever, ever would do that um, without program. Um, so I'm so grateful. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Linda D., you're up, and then it'll be Gail T. Good morning. It's Linda D. from Connecticut, and I am amazed to be a recovered compulsive overeater after all these years. I've been in program 33 years, and the 10th, I think it's on Thursday, I'll have three years recovered. Now, that's uh, not amazing to you, but it's amazing to me because uh, what we're reading has saved my life. God has saved my life through this big book and through the witness of all you people. You're amazing. I thought I was alone for decades and even in OA alone, getting periods of abstinence and some kind of a relationship with God. And um, once I was uh, guided to visions, and certainly I'm not saying this is a cultish thing or anything at all, except it's the truth in big, bold words and letters of all the people who've lived this according to the steps in the big book. And it's really real. I was an atheist. I'm not an atheist now. I've seen things show up that blew my mind. And I'm good enough to have my dream come true. And so are you. Everyone is. This isn't a Hallmark card. This is really, really real. And it's very amazing. And God will show, I'm sure, you as God shows me, God will reveal more to you and to us about the evil in the world and whatnot. All, and all the personal things, all the crises, uh, the personal things that, that are uh, just so painful, guided through all of it. It's totally amazing. So hang in there and get in the lifeboat because it's real. Thank you. Thank you, Linda D. Gail T., you're up, and then it'll be Lynn. Good morning, everyone, and thank you, Monica, for your service. To, to me, well, you know, to what everyone has said, but there's, um, to me, the 12 steps are God. That is the message. And as we do it, we, become, we know what is needed. And, and, though, and everything that has been read prior to this in our, like, four or five paragraphs, I felt the same way. I, I could not understand, if there were a God, how these horrible things could happen and how I could trust such a God. And what the steps taught me is that I need to learn how to trust in a power greater than myself to bring me into a state of godliness. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lynn. I didn't get the uh, last initial. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Gail. Gail Key. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm really silly here. Okay, thank you, Gail T. <laughs> Lynn, you're up. <laughs> what is your last initial? Good morning. This is Lynn S., as in Sam, from Toronto, Canada. This paragraph is really having a profound effect on me when we're reading it. Point black, blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. I was diagnosed as chronically obese. He had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead. He had been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. My life has been so blessed. I came into program in 1989, and this happened to me overnight. I was one of the really lucky ones, and I think because I was so desperate. And after 17 years, I went into an eight-year relapse. I never quit coming to OA, and I tried so hard to get it back. I had, you know, one year, two year, nine months, ten months, three weeks. I tried, and I tried, and I tried because I knew it. I knew how to do it, so I tried harder. And I had all the self-knowledge, and I had self-will run riot trying to recover until 14 months ago when I finally, after having a binge at somebody, I, I actually ate at my sponsor. I was so annoyed with her. And I can remember finally, finally, finally admitting complete defeat. I had totally given up. I knew how to do this, and I couldn't do it. And it, it just, I, I was beyond human aid, beyond my aid, beyond everybody's aid, Then I was suddenly lifted up, taken from the scrap heap. I am so grateful. This has had a profound effect on me. Thank you, God, for my life now. Thank you, God, for the program of recovery. With that, I pass. Thank you, Lynn S. and Paula D. You're our last share, and we've got two minutes. And thank you, Monica, and thank you for your service today. And this would be Paula D., from currently New Hampshire, recovered by and with the grace of God. I'd like to kind of circle around in this word, like myself. I don't know where you are, but I'll read it as it's written here. Like myself. What happened to Bob? What happened to Bill at that point? I mean, he came into this paragraph pretty darn grim. But then he said something. Now, look at what happened here. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Do you see how he identified himself? Something happened there. Society was about to lock him up. He was already locked up. Society had nothing to do with it. When something happened, what happened to Bill then? Then he had an effect. Been raised from the dead. That's quite a statement. That's a huge statement. Raised from the dead? Was he living life? No. That's complete defeat. I'm walking around not living. And this part here, and this from the scrap heap, a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Hey, these people knew how to live. Let me tell you. They partied hardy. Best he had ever known. 
You see the fall? He fell up wood. How do you do that? You can't. Only God can. And this is what we're seeing here in this paragraph. With that, I will end. Thank you again for allowing me to share. Thank you, Paula D. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Rachel W., could you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Monica. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Reader, calling from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. Obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.